Hello, and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Rain Dunnigan. And we're going back to the 90s, the good old days. I got the N64 hat on to remind me what it would have been like to watch Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island for the first time on glorious VHS. Did you have this one as a kid? I didn't own it. Uh, it was one of those movies that would always come on, like, Cartoon Network uh, maybe other channels, but definitely came on Cartoon Network around Halloween because there's always like some kind of Scooby-Doo marathon on around Halloween that time, in which we're actually, um, unless something big pops up or something like that, we're going to try and do like a horror movie, whether it be a kid's horror movie or an adult horror movie throughout the month. So we're going to be trying to pick weird ones. But uh, and this we haven't done a Scooby-Doo thing, and I don't know if we ever did a Scooby-Doo thing on the show. And I know that this is like a big staple of a lot of kids' childhoods in the 90s. Well, you know what it really is, is this just comes from the good old 90s, like, you know, one side or the other choices. And I feel like, you know, because in the 90s, you were either a Cartoon Network kid or you were a Nickelodeon kid. You almost couldn't really be both. Just like you couldn't just like WCW and WWF, you know, Biggie and Tupac. Life just kept making you make choices. (laughs) Nintendo or Sega. Yeah, like exactly, yeah. you know. Oh, I got a 3D. Oh, you fucking rich bastard. <laughs> Think you're better well, than I us, was... Mr. EA's bitch? <laughs> well, you got better version of Road Rash on there? Well, yeah, I do, yeah. I'm going to give you some fucking Road Rash. Just does the Marv thing from, like, uh, Sin City. We're just dragging the guy outside the door. <laughs> yeah. No, um... No, um... I actually... I was one of those kids who was... In the middle, I only I think there are those people who just I'm not going to I'm not trying to not trying to be smirch or but I think there are those kids like, hey, man, choose your side. I'm like, oh, we have fucking both. We have a package. We can watch both. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was one of those. I'll be honest. I think um, I was Kind of like I probably dabbled in both, but as time went on, probably more Cartoon Network because Nickelodeon just kind of played like kids game shows, kid sitcoms. And in time, Cartoon Network did more Toonami and that kind of shit and did more anime. So I think I probably stuck with that longer as time went on. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's just one of those ones. I don't know why. I just it actually never... aged its audience. I mean, yeah, off, sorry. I, I never, I just, one of those ones, I, there's very few things I ever watched off Nickelodeon. And mostly the only things I ever watched were the live action stuff like Keenan and Kel or, um, the, um, oh, all Legend that? of the Hidden Temple, all that, like all, all that kind of stuff. Guts. I like those ones, but for some reason, I think it's, you know what it was is when I was a kid, I didn't like weird animation. I can appreciate weird animation when I got older, but when I was a kid, I never liked like the Nickelodeon, like where the characters look very deformed and almost kind of creepy looking. Like when I thought of animation, what I really liked, I liked when everything looked real in a sense, like Batman, X-Men, Johnny Quest, Scooby-Doo. You know, it's Johnny Quest. That's why. It's real adventures, Johnny Quest. I want, I want to look like a man, not some deformed looking toddler running around with his diaper on. Like, you know, I need, <laughs> you know, need a real show. Something I can get behind, you know. It's one thing if it's like cartoon animals, but I think what's like, yeah, so something about like the Nickelodeon animation as a kid, it just was like one of those ones, like it was almost like a turnoff. Like, as I said, I, I can appreciate weird animation nowadays, but as a child, it's like, I don't know. I was used to that Fox Kids slash Cartoon Network era. Well, I guess for the longest time, all the Nickelodeon shows were either comedies or like sitcoms or game shows. 
So, and it took Cartoon Network a while to get there, but most of the cartoon action shows they had were like with stuff like from the eighties and the seventies or sixties even. But then as time went on, they started doing more of the, you know, Toonami and their own original shit. And then, um, I think, I think Nickelodeon, I think Nickelodeon's first like legitimate, like action cartoon was Avatar. If I'm thinking about it, Avatar, the last airbender. So, but by then I was already off it. I wasn't really watching by that point. Um, but yeah, but something that was on Cartoon Network a lot, because I mean, I think something we kind of talked about before a few times in the show is, and it's no, don't take it as like a Zoomers this day and age, they don't get it. But I think when we were kids, because now you got the options to watch whatever you want, really, whenever you want. But when you're a kid, you just kind of like, well, what's on? Well, um, it's nine o'clock, so it looks like Nick and Knight is on. So, you know, as a kid, since nothing was on, you're like, okay, I guess I'm watching I Love Lucy, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. Or Boston Public, you know, yeah. Titus is over, so I'm watching Boston Public now. It, it is know? now my new favorite show. Why? Because it took that 9 o'clock slot. Exactly. So, um, and that kind of worked with old cartoons. I found myself kind of like actually liking old things like Flintstones and all that kind of stuff as a kid. I think there's the stuff that legitimately does have a seal of quality to it say something like looney tunes and old Warner brothers animation but then there's the stuff that like i mean it might be nostalgic and i think some of it is good in parts but really i think if we put on probably like an episode of the flintstones right now i bet it would probably feel like a slog to get through for the most part really no i, I still think Flint. i still like flintstones quite a bit i think that's one of those i think 60s cartoons actually hold up pretty strong it's 70s and 80s cartoons i think i think that's kind of the weaker decades and i'm not saying there's not stuff i appreciate from there but and we mentioned on the show before but like when you'd be kind of forced to wait for your you know next show to appear and you had to watch the super friends which has it should be like everything i love but for some reason i as like a six-year-old kid i'd watch that be like god there's just no struggle in this show they always win like it's like what's the point like, like everybody's got to be fucking buddies like why do we have to be buddies you know what i mean like it, it like it, it's just like that kind of stuff and i know that's like that very like 70s come on gang as long as we do things together we can accomplish everything we got to put a right positive mindset into the children's eyes you know Please. like the little billy just saw a taxi driver last night and he's not too sure how to like relate to the world anymore <laughs> batman how about you give him a positive message oh well i yeah. robin you take over you know, he's been reading Catcher on the Rye. We don't need another one of these happening, all right? Just just talk to him. You know, he's talking about the phonies and shit. Um, no, but, like, I think, well, it, it's funny because we're talking about Scooby-Doo because, I mean, even though I look back on, I mean, I haven't seen the Flintstones since I was a kid, but I just remember, I mean, a lot of it was just comfort food as a kid, right? You know, it's animated. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it just it's on at this time, just kind of a thing of comfort. But at the same time, there's some where I think – like, I don't even know if the original Scooby-Doo would hold up. I think I'd like, I like the aesthetic and I kind of like, I, I love the concept, but I'm not even sure if that would hold up if I was to put that on and watch it again. At the exact same time, though, I still think the concept alone is a lot of things you can do with. And I think there's a reason that stuck around. I mean, so much so that like Scooby-Doo went to influence like everything that wasn't like anything that had like a human cast and that was like more like normal proportions in Hanna-Barbera had to have a Scooby-Doo kind of thing. They had to have the dopey stoner in the stoner-esque character, but instead of like a dog, it's, it, it's like, it's a, it's a car, you know, yeah. instead of, instead of a dog, uh-huh. it's a shark, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. There's there's just all those ones like that. Well, it's like you got like Jabberjaw, you yeah. got Josie and the Pussycats, you got um oh the the what's the the Chin Chin Clan or whatever, like the one where it was like <laughs> it was, what was it called? It's probably progressive for the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it's literally one of those. Ones. It's like Hong Kong Fooey. You know what I mean? Like, well, what is that show? Well, it's a show about where Scatman Crothers is a dog who's also a janitor, and he's black, but he fights crime. <laughs> <laughs> but he fights crime kids. Don't worry. He jumps into his janitor's closet and the next thing you know, he's he's out in a gi and he's he's kicking ass and taking names. It's literally a black exploitation mixed with kung fu. Like you just didn't really realize that all at the same time when you're watching it when you're like six. That's sometimes the interesting things. Well, sometimes they'll, they'll like even like going back to Flintstones, like they'll make a reference of like a celebrity and they'll just change the celebrity's name to like rock something or, you yeah. know, like, you know, you know like rock Hudson, dude, that's what the guy's name is. Oh, sorry. Get yeah. more clever with that fucking Bob. <laughs> or like, you know, it's Frank Sinatra, Sinatra rock or whatever. It'd be like, Oh, yeah. you know, and then like, you know, they'll make some reference to something that happened like in 1962. Like, I guess I had to be there for that one. But, um, yeah, but then like something like, I think there's a reason why I think just the look of it, the theme song, the reason why Scooby-Doo has stuck around as long as it has to the point of where we've had not just that, not just that Velma show, which I, I've never seen, but, the, the, but aside from that, there's also been other like adult versions of it. Like there is that edgy, like DC, like Scooby-Doo apocalypse comic mm-hmm. that came out like some years back and something that makes people just want to keep on going back to it. You know, like that, I think the James Gunn, like the, the first Scooby-Doo movie, James Gunn wrote it to be an R-rated adult comedy, but they went and changed it into, took the same story, but just made it PG. Like, that's what I've heard. I don't know how true that is, but I, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, like, that that's one of those ones I do kind of get it. Like, that feels like... You, you first up the door. Yeah, you can't make the very first live-action movie, by the way, if we're going to go something experimental and weird, you know what I mean? Like, you you got to sort of kind of go a traditional route you know, and get that going. And, and Scooby-Doo definitely is that one that's like carried on for a long time. It's one of those like Hanna-Barbera ones that there's, there's a Scooby-Doo in every decade since the sixties. Like there's, there's never a time when there wasn't at least something, whether it be a movie, TV show, uh, what have you. And it kept carrying on. And the interesting thing is that Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island coming to this one right here, this was kind of like the big Scooby-Doo sort of like, I guess you'd say comeback, because it's not saying that Scooby-Doo kind of dipped off, but like, you know, Scooby-Doo was there in the 80s, and I, I love the 80s era Scooby-Doo, like the, you know, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf and the Ghoul School. Like, I think because when I was a kid, I watched The Living Daylights have all those ones. I like because the monsters were real. That was my biggest thing, too, is like, even though I like the old 60s show and, you know, like into the 70s and whatnot, I always felt like as a kid, you're just like, you know, it'd be cool if those monsters were actually real once in a while like like it's like well, those ones like here let me tell you i know you got like 150 episodes right here but one thing you've been missing this whole time is that the monsters should be real like at least at some point you know what i mean P- put a spin on it and in the 80s that's what i think what made it so good is that they finally made the monsters real and so on like that and that that was what scooby and shaggy were dealing with well it's also um like, I remember as a kid, I'd watch, like, because I, I really, you know, I, I watched it a lot back when I was on Cartoon Network, back when I was in, like, elementary school and all that. And every once in a while, there might be a minute, maybe a minute, where you trick yourself into thinking, is it, is it fucking real this time? 
is, is it really? Oh, no, of course, it's old man Jenkins. Fuck me. You know, and a, what, one thing you could always tell is if, like, you could, one of the biggest giveaways, I remember, if who the person was, if they were the person who got attacked. Like, if they were the person that was found, mm-hmm. that was the person that did it majority of the time. At least that's how I remember it. You know, like, well, it had to be him. It couldn't be him because he was the first one to get attacked. Like, oh, but you see, then, you know, there's a trap door here or some shit like that, you know. Um, and then going off the 13, the Scooby-Doo and the 13th, 13 Ghosts. Is that what that one was? The one Vincent that, Price that, that, is basically yeah. Zordon? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's one of the 80s shows, which that one's a great one. Well, I remember that one because I remember it was like, it was also, that's kind of like, I want to say, because like Fred and Velma fucked off. And it was like, I think it was, I don't know if Scrappy was there. It may have been Scrappy. Yeah, Scrappy, it like, it's Scrappy's in that one. It was Shaggy, Scooby, Scrappy. Um, I think there is like, a, there is like a side, there's a kid who is also their sidekick. Yeah, well, I, there's there's like the Chinese kid because it's like it's at that time. I'm like, we we need to make it this progressive. Put a Chinese kid in there. You know what I mean? Small, make him do kung fu. Round. Yeah, yeah. Get her short round in there. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it good. You know, and then like um, and then they also had um, occasionally he wasn't in every episode, but occasionally like I don't remember his name, like Derpy Doo, like Scooby Doo's inbred cousin that was gray or whatever. Yeah. He, he popped in once in a while. <laughs> yeah exactly just to, you know just to add even more like you know retardism to it if you thought scooby was fucking stupid just wait <laughs> we got his cousin from arkansas rolling in okay yeah he's even great like a confederate you know like a confederate soldier <laughs> theme don't bring up politics around him it's not yeah. really his fault it's literally well it's a the way he was brought up b i mean it's all he knows. <laughs> yeah, he just—it's—it's kind of like you know, if if the guy, if if like if um, if um, Billy Bob Thornton from Sling Blade kind of grew on the wrong, grew up on the wrong side of the river, you know, it's kind of like that. So <laughs> he didn't get his potato fries. No, he never got them. No, he never did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like 13 ghosts was just, I think the coolest thing about that show, it's not the most, you know, you go back and watch it and it's kind of, you know, has some weird stuff like Derpy do and all that stuff in there. But like, I think still at the end of the day, when things started getting real, I think that's what started making Scooby-Doo really a big deal. Like it started to add like, okay, now the stakes are getting higher. It feels like there's actually real danger and so on like that. And kind of a bummer is, is that nowadays, a lot of the Scooby-Doo movies, I'll watch one of the Scooby-Doo movies every once in a while. But they keep, they fall back to doing that that thing that you see with a lot of modern products nowadays, where they go, you know what? Let's skip all the middle stuff that actually advanced the show, and let's just go straight back to the original version. Let's new Super Mario Bros. This shit, you know, like it. That's the only thing about sometimes a lot of the new Scooby Doo stuff is like they they'll get rid of not new Scooby Doo as in that show, but um, they'll skip out like they go back to that old fashioned, everything's in a mask. There's never been a real monster. None of this. And it's like, to me, I feel like as a fan watching it, like my entire life and watching literally 40 plus years of it, you kind of go like, that feels like you've just now stepped back like three steps. And from all this progress that we just did. I haven't seen any actual prop. I haven't like seen a full on Scooby-Doo cartoon probably since like one of these. Cause I, cause after, after a while they started doing like a bunch of these, like, Zombie Island's the first one to go straight to video, but they had a couple of these straight to video movies for a while, which is how it's continuing. They started a new one up, and then however many new ones after that, I don't know. 
But um, well, they, well, they did have the original straight to video movies like Reluctant Werewolf and things like that back in the day. But this is like the first yeah. of like the, I guess you would say, sort of the modern Scooby Doo incarnation stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think really what makes Zombie Island is it's like it takes like okay, here's Scooby Doo almost like throughout time. It's Scooby and Shaggy, so that they forgot that they actually saw real stuff before. I guess I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, I think they just were like you know, no one remembers Thirteen Ghosts. I mean, I know they had a straight to video movie on it a few years ago, but they just kind of do this thing where like nobody remembers that ever happening that's a spin-off show we don't expect the people to when they think scooby-doo they think the original gang they think this they think that they're not going to remember all the spin-off shit and then um along with that though it is kind of like just going off the way you said for a second just kind of like the basics ones i haven't seen any of those new ones i didn't know for a minute they had kind of like a return of the um special guest one but it was like a it was a show that focused on like special guest like you know because there, there was one with the flash i think there was one with adam west i remember seeing ads for it or something yeah i think they did bring that one back um in a way and then they had sort of modern guests and so on like that but yeah okay going back into scooby-doo and getting up to Zombie Island and all the straight-to-video stuff. And I'm saying this, there, there is good Scooby-Doo straight-to-video stuff in the recent era. Like, there there has been some ones I've really enjoyed. I really like the Kiss one, no, granted, probably because it had Kiss in it, too. But that had that classic, like, Scooby-Doo meets a celebrity guest kind of thing. And then it had sort of that Phantom of the Park Kiss feel to it. And there's been some other just neat ones throughout time. And I've watched even the ones, like, there was the 13th Ghost one where we're supposed to conclude it all together. I don't know. I felt like it's almost like they had a completely different. They, they were they were missing the right team to kind of mix that. It was just kind of lackluster. It still felt like. And there's even a Zombie Island two, and it was kind of okay. It, it, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't up to par. Like the thing is, is Scooby Doo on Zombie Island that falls into that glorious like second golden age of animation of the '90s, where just every studio, doesn't matter who it was, you know, Warner Brothers, you know, Fox. Disney, you know, everybody was turning out stuff like at the most highest caliber and so on. And, you know, just the ones that fall right after Zombie Island, because like the next one, I, I think there's actually one before that, but there's like the Witch's Ghost one that's got the Hex Girls in it. That one's super good, too. We were actually debating whether we should do Zombie Island or the Ghost one. And something, they actually kind of follow a similar pattern because I remembered, I remembered the twist of the go of the of the witch one and that one's even more halloween themed mm-hmm. but i i totally forgot about the twist of this movie like i i remember the, i remember this is a movie i watched a lot like i said this would come on like i didn't own it but this is a movie that would come on a lot on, on halloween when i was in elementary school and it was also one that like sometimes a kid would bring it to class around that time or something like that you know mm-hmm. so um it's one of those movies, as I was watching it, it was coming back to me, but I totally forgot about, like, the spoilers ahead, folks, but uh, I totally forgot about the cat people that comes in. And for some reason, maybe it's because, like, the actual movie that went to theaters, which would only come out really a handful of years later, is tropical. I, for some reason, remember this movie being, like, tropical-themed Mm-hmm. But like, oh, oh, it's Louisiana themed. I, I, I totally forgot about that, and I totally forgot about the the werecat people and all these, and how like the zombies are actually good. Like, I kind of are not good, at least, at least coincidental. Like, not going after them, going after the cat people. You know? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. There's there's a lot just going on in this one. No, granted, like I probably watched this movie at least 
you know, once every three to four years, ever since it's come out for sure. Uh, it's kind of one of my go-tos for Scooby-Doo stuff. And, and as I said, I still, I still probably every year, I at least watch a couple Scooby-Doo movies of some kind, some caliber and so on. Um, just as a kid, like that, me and Kyle were obsessed with Scooby Doo, like beyond like so much. I mean, we were just obsessed with Hanna Barbera in general. Kyle was so obsessed with Hanna Barbera, he thought it was a girl that made all that stuff. He's like, "Man, I bet you she's really hot." <laughs> and I told him, "I'm like, dude, it's two old dudes." <laughs> the well, true Tom Jerry. Like... <laughs> I, I... <laughs> it does sound like a name of a hot chick, like Hanna Barbera. You know, just like. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did Hanna Barbera ask you out? Oh fuck yeah, dude! You, know? <laughs> you show up, it's like, no, I, how was that date? It was, it was terrible. It was just two old men that were sitting in bathrobes and nothing else on, and showing me pictures of Tom and Jerry, and then saying they were going to whip out their Tom and Jerry <laughs> and watch the, each, watch them chase each other around the house. I tried running. I tried running away. When I was running away, the back, background kept on repeating, repeating. They have like fifteen couches in that one house. How the fuck does that happen? I couldn't. I couldn't make it out, man. I was just going. I saw the door, but I just could never reach it. You know, there's 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 that period, and like we'll we'll actually get back onto the main movie itself, but rather than just the legacy of Hanna Barbera and Scooby Doo. I noticed like when Hanna Barbera, even though they figured out how to do it on the cheap and make it all happen, and like put, crank these fucking things out, you know, they're all these old school Warner Brothers and Disney guys going like these mother. Fuckers. They're just reusing assets. They probably used the word assets at the time, but they're reusing the same shit. You know, Walt would not let that stand. Walt would not let that. Yeah, Walt also wouldn't let us go home. <laughs> well, that's beside the point. <laughs> that's, that's why I remember that one time that Walt threw us a party after Snow White, and then everybody just got extraordinarily hammered and just started doing drugs and fucking everywhere and destroying the entire, like, hotel. Yeah, Walt said, never again. <laughs> And then from there on in, anytime we showed up to Walt's party, he'd like lock the doors from the outside and throw a knife down in the middle of the room. Just like, pick it up. <laughs> Shit, Walt the fuck around. This is how Walt parties. All right. Well, it's kind of the funny thing, too, because it's like um, Hanna-Barbera is not the company that, you know, in, invented like the cheap animation. Because there's some of that stuff that you watch from like the 40s where it's like, it's hey, the TV... Yeah. Well, like the TV, like the TV is invented. We need something there. Who can draw? You know, and there's like that one show. It's like, I think it's the, it's, it's something, the rabbit. And it's like the original one, but it's just like that kind of animation where like the rabbit like slides in the frame and it's like, I am a rabbit. Be, they yeah. Be like the mouth moving. Yeah. Where it's someone's mouth. That's actually it. And then it like, it literally just shuffles off. I mean, like, you know, it makes South Park look like it's like fantastic animation, you know, <laughs> by the standard. But uh, like, I felt like Hanna-Barbera was the one who was like, here, we can do the simpler animation, but we can make it still look really good. Like, I feel like that's what they sort of figured out. They figured out how to, like, we can reuse stuff, you know, we can have just certain, like, kind of things, backgrounds and stuff that kind of work. But, like, the animation will still look good and the storytelling will be there. And, you know, I, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That, that, that's, that's a good point right there. But this movie, the thing so that's interesting about it is I feel like sometimes they try and do too much setup when they're when something's come back after a while and that's something i think that's been pretty good about scooby-doo for the most part at least i haven't seen every iteration but like they come in like you know who these people are you know what it is like something like even though i ha even though it's not that great of a movie the first live action scooby-doo there's when it opens up it's kind of like 
you know who the gang is. We don't need to do that. How'd they meet? How'd this all happen? You just, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> they're good to go. You know, it's not, it's not like the origin story. We're like, well, they'll get together at the end. We'll introduce one member of each movie. <laughs> Yeah, some bullshit like that, you know, or it's like or even like this, like it's not even kind of reimagining. It's just like they're in the middle of it and they're kind of speaking on like this. I think that's also one of the things like they speak on like the um, formula of Scooby-Doo. They even have like that song, like a song that's very easy to get stuck in your head. Like the ghost is here and it's fake, dude. That song, you know. Yeah, well, they got so, good. It's got a good soundtrack, too, because that was the other thing. There's these all these Scooby. I mean, Scooby-Doo's always had a good soundtrack. Even the 60s one has great songs in there. But um, this like this movie here and especially then, like, once again, the Witch's Ghost one, they're like they both have like extremely good like soundtracks. Well, well soundtracks has in three songs, but <laughs> well, like this one, I'm not I'm not saying it's as good or as heavy, but the part when they're running away from all the zombies, like in the beginning of the third act, like that actually sounds like they're trying to do their best like version of Iron Maiden. This they get away as far with as they could, you know? It's like Iron Maiden mixed with like some 41 or something like that. Kind, kind of, of, yeah, yeah. It's got that pop bit. punk kind of feel. Because that, that's what kind of happened as Scooby-Doo went on, which actually kind of works. But you're like, in the, you know, like the 2000 show, um, I think it's What's New Scooby-Doo. Like the, the songs in there, they had, they had a, a total like pop punk thing going on with like a lot of the stuff, which is still a really good soundtrack on that one, too. Well, even like this one, because when it goes on for like the first, like, say, oh, like it's very by the numbers Scooby-Doo. Like it's calling out, like they have a little bit of the band getting back together and it's calling out the things that Scooby-Doo has been coming known for, but it's like, okay, the stoner and the dog are going to shamble and bump around and get into shenanigans. Everybody else is just going to move the plot forward. But then once shit gets bad, it gets really bad. <laughs> like it's one of those things, like it's like not as fucked up as other things, but for like Scooby-Doo, like when they have the flashback to how the settlers die and they start bringing in the, what's implied when, when like all the zombies come up. And because you look at the zombies, it's just not, oh, it's just pirates or, or it's just Confederates. There's tourists, there's mobsters, there's flappers. There's all like they were like luring people here for years and killing them. So it's just one of those things of like, oh, these guys were next. The, the, the mystery machine gang was next. That's all there is to it. Well, that's the thing is like this storyline is extremely adult. I mean, it's it's literally like a storyline of a rated R movie. That, that's kind of like what it is. Like it, it, it's serious as all can be. That's why it's funny because it's like you look at this and you even compare it to like that live action movie. That live action movie seems so kiddy compared to this. You know, and I'm still nostalgic for the live action movie for what it is. It's it's not really great, but it's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, it, it, you know, the first attempt for a live action one, you know, could have been worse. Yeah, and it's it's a, one of those things like um, I haven't seen it in so long, so I don't really remember it that well. I just remember when I did see it, I was like, yeah. But um, it's one of those. It's also one of those things with, with this, because as you're watching it, it does. I am. I, I was watching. It, I was enjoying it, but it was more of like comfort food. Like I wasn't like, oh my god, the writing is so witty. Oh my god, it's so funny. It was just like, oh, it's comfort food. It's Scooby Doo. I like it. Sure. But then when we get to the twist, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this part. Oh, fuck. I, I definitely forgot about this part. You know, like I thought I, I remember this movie very well, but clearly not. Um, I, I want to say this before we even get farther. I, I like when it starts off and it's like, OK, the gang's broken up and you see where everybody's sort of gone. And like Daphne and Fred, like literally Daphne has a show like coast to coast mystery hour kind of thing like that. And Fred's like her all in one, like, you know, 
camera boy, you know, producer, so on. And then it's like, I like it's like, well, what happened to Shaggy and Scooby? It's just like they got just the most shittiest, like minimum wage job, just like at like airport security. They they, they literally have your dad walks up to him to yell yell at him that they're not doing a good enough <laughs> job. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was like, dude, there's Jim right there in like animated form. <laughs> I mean, fucking, that's a good fucking point. Yeah, no wonder You're I got, like, I wonder why I got flashbacks. Just... I keep <laughs> yeah. mowed the lawn wrong. Fuck. <laughs> And then I just love how like it's like it's one of those ones that where they're just like, oh no man, this job's where it's at. Like we get we can literally just like go through people's shit and take out every food item that they've brought from another country and just store it in our contraband room. When you think about them, like that job is like, it's a good thing they kind of got they got pulled back into the mystery uh, game when they did. Because if they kept on doing that job, they wouldn't have done like if if they were able to just be good enough to keep doing that for a little while, they would have like as soon as nine eleven happened, like oh fuck man, <laughs> we did we? Well, I was too busy like stealing the like like confiscating the baklava. I didn't think to check the rest of the bag, you know. So it's like, so, so I just picture them being like, well, these straight the video movie Scooby Doo on nine eleven, like. The TSA member or whatnot, and then somehow, some way, they get whipped into the plane, and it's up to Scooby and Shaggy to stop the terrorists. Oh my god! I didn't mean for it to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, I think I think the the middle ground is Scooby Doo and Shaggy Guantanamo, <laughs> like the ghost of Guantanamo Bay. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> I know it's that thing. It's like it's that funny thing too, where it's like like that pre nine eleven airport area where it's just like, oh yeah, there's, there's a whole Ooh, lot of freedom right. here. Nobody cares. It's an airport. It's like a party. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Beep. Right, just go through again. Beep. Fuck it. Just get, get the fuck out of here. Go. No, there's, there's, he's literally doing. He's doing cocaine right off like you know the luggage. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Captain's like, whoa, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Happy flights. You know, but now it's like um, so. They got back into the game as, as, at a good time because if they just yeah. went a few more years of that, like oh, that, that, that job was going to get terrible real fast. Because I, I do, I will say not to get too hung up on this, but there was that point, like after like younger folks may not remember this or even know, we're not even born for it. But there was that point, like those few years after nine eleven, where they're suddenly like very jittery, like go through it again, go through it again. What? Did, did you skip that line? Like, no, no, I didn't skip that line. What are you doing right here? I didn't skip the line. Well, was the, the thing was open over here, so I came this way. You, you, you gotta do it again. Fuck, you know. And then just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now there's a point where like, we got it down. We're good this way. But there was those like, like you know, two thousand one to like 2003 where they were just like on edge the whole fucking time you know well that's why i always like to make the joke because i'm like i literally haven't been on an airplane since before 9 11 <laughs> like that like that's how long it's been like there's a complete i could still smuggle a knife on board with my wishbone like you know doll and no one was gonna say anything <laughs> And you, you're bringing a, a, knife, a knife inside the wishbone doll. Well, I, I have my backpack and I had my like Swiss Army knife and there was like a Scooby-Doo coloring book and like a wishbone stuffed animal. And, you know, it was just like I remember just like the guys like because I would always get searched every, every every time I've ever been on a plane. I've always been searched as like a child. <laughs> and they would literally go through and the guys like pulling out. It's like coloring book. 
wishbone, you know, like all this stuff. Like, eh, whatever, go on ahead. And like, you didn't find my knife, dude. Look at that. It was pretty sneaky on there. <laughs> I had a, uh, I would always get picked when, like, when they're going through the x-ray thing where I, I had like this, like, accordion case of CDs. And every time we got through that, they'd stop like, yeah, you get the walkie-talkie, you see him doing this shit, and you're like, fuck, like, sir, right over here, right over here, young man? Yeah, 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 I'm putting on the gloves, like, did you pack this yourself? You know, like, I'm like, oh, shit, am I going to get fucking cavity search right here? Like, bend over, you know, they're going through the thing. Like, He's like, oh, like, rage against the machine. Are you referring to me as the machine? Do I look like the machine to you, son? You know what? You're in America. You better be damn proud of it. You're like, I just like rage machine. It's actually all American if you'd listen to it. <laughs> They just look at me. They just, just open it up like, oh, please, please land on, please, please land on a country album or something. So let me go by. Yes, I support the troops. Though, no. no, they get through on there. Like, um, no, um, it was. Uh, they actually soon they realized it was a CD case. Like, oh, boy, we look uh, like fucking mooks. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be like that every fucking time. Like every time I brought my back when you have the Walkman and the cording case of CDs, they'd always assumed it because it was it was a c- c- cylinder one. So they'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" You know. So, but it, well, it probably looks really weird on like the X-ray. That's probably what happens if you're like, it probably looks like some type of bomb. Yeah, yeah, like three guys and like come down on cords. I know we're like down, down. You want the Batman shirt on the fucking ground, you know? So, <laughs> you know, well, those but yeah, Scooby Doo. Yeah, so if, if they if they kept up if they kept up that job that much longer, who knows what would have happened? And then, uh, well, Velma also too. Imagine this wonder. It's like, did nobody ever ask Scooby and Velma and Shaggy? Be like, like, no, sorry, we don't need you know the goofball team. This is for the good looking people that are going to be on TV. You know, you you guys kind of do your thing. Go run your bookshop, Velma. Well, I get know know your role. I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I I can't. Yeah. Well, here on on that note, on that note, um, I am one of those people. I always preferred Velma over Daphne, but at the exact same time, um, you think that they would have got her just because. Well, shit. We need we need like a producer. We need someone to do the research. We need someone to actually look more into this kind of thing, you know. So you think Velma would come along with them? Scooby and Shaggy. I get, you know, I get why. It's like, guys, what's going to happen is there's always a crafts table service. You guys always got to do your fucking thing. Somehow it pans out when we're like in an abandoned warehouse or like a bit mansion, but. Not here, guys. Not here. We're trying to fucking work. <laughs> yeah, like literally, you've blown the budget way too many times. It's like, I, I'm assuming there was probably a moment where they're like, you know, let's try this out. You know, it, it would almost make more sense. I feel like if almost even Fred sort of split, so like they were all completely on their own thing, except for Scooby and Shaggy, of course. And then they had to get kind of back together, you know. But that probably would have added an extra five minutes because you have to go. Well, what's Fred doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what Fred would be doing. He'd just be doing, like, I don't know, just, like, personal trainer or some shit like that, you know? Well, I feel like Fred, he would definitely probably end up having, like, kind of, like, if he got, like, the regular job, he probably would have somewhat, like, the somewhat good, you know, like, not, not maybe not a great job, but, like, one of those ones where it's like, oh, you know, I'm a financial investor or, you know, I'm working here at this bank and doing loans for people and stuff like that. I feel like I picture him doing some very, something like that. Probably something like that, yeah. No, um... 
it's one of those things where with cause you, you think about it. Cause it, well, it also does the thing because before there's that point where, I mean, it happens in like, I feel like it happens a lot where they do the thing like now they hate each other now they're over each other, but something that really sticks out is like, Oh no, they're very wholesome. They genuinely care and love each other. So when they get back together, it's not like this whole, like, Oh, we left on bad terms. Like it is in the first live action movie or something. Where, yeah. And we're half the movie. They're at each other's throats where in this it's like, Oh no, they, they kind of like, they, they, they miss each other. And it's not, it's not like they stopped because they got tired of each other. They just got tired of the work. Yeah, no, yeah, they just all needed to kind of go their separate ways for a bit. But yeah, I like how it just it does that. There's no like animosity. They, you know, they, yeah, nobody's angry at each other. They just get back together. It's like almost like, oh, sweet, it's been ten years. Like, what a great reunion kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know? I, I think that's just kind of a cool way that it goes about it. So that they're like, hey, let's go out. You know, we're, we're going to go find some real ghosts and so on like that. You know, let's go to Louisiana. Well, there is that whole part where like they even <clears throat> they do the thing where they make you think like they bring in the different suspects and I couldn't, I, I, I was remembering the characters, the way they looked I, mean, I was remembering, Oh yeah, that character, that character as they came up, but I wasn't remembering all their roles. Exactly. I knew the guy who was actually like the agent. I knew that he was going to be a bad guy. Cause sometimes there's a thing where they try too hard to make someone seem shady or like much, too much of an asshole right off the bat. They let you know they're not the bad guy. Cause they're trying mm. too hard to do that. You know, where the girl, I was like, I don't remember. I can kind of see her going either way, which that's what they do. When there's, of course, there's like the snobby, like, you know, there's all the cats. So I'm like, oh, right, right, all the cats. But I forgot they turn into cats, of course, you know. Yeah, so you kind of get all that stuff there, you know. And then, you know, the other one, too, is like, then there's like the the bayou, like, fairy man guy. Oh, yeah. The Asian guy. Yeah, there's that guy's like, I turn a big old cat boiler, you know, I, I hate them dogs. Yeah, I forgot about, yeah. Well, that guy, well, the thing is, it's not just enough that they turn, there's like monsters in it. It's the fact that the monsters actually are out to kill and they actually die by the end. That's the thing that kind of adds that other level of like what we weren't used to seeing in Scooby-Doo. When they have the flashback of when... um because really, at first, the cat people, they don't seem like they're initially in the wrong when they're the flashback, but it just they get that, I guess they just like, like, eternal, um, immortal life. And as long as you kept on killing, you kept on getting to live forever or something to that effect. And um, so when you first see, you totally get why they kill the pirates, because even the way they do it, it's it's violent. They, they the, the pirates come in they corral all these people into like the water and the gators are all like, Oh fuck lunchtime. You know, let's be honest. There was probably a pre scene before they got to that point because pirates land on there. be like, it's been six months. I've only fucked Tommy Bob over here. I'm ready to kiss my dick wet. Murder and rape. High five. Cause that's just like the way they look. It's like, they just like walk in there. Just like, just totally like, Oh God, these guys have been, these guys have been been at sea way too long. They didn't get the mutiny on the bounty treatment. No, no, no. Yeah. There's probably, there's probably like, you know, like 45 minutes they cut out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Once again, if this was one of those like hard rated R movies, like that's what it would have been. They would have been like, Oh shit. There's this like brutal pirate scene and like halfway into this film. Well, and there's that whole, well, just that whole part, because you, you kind of forget, like, man, they didn't do this in the show. <laughs> you know? And even, like, when they initially come into, like, some of the zombies, like, 
yeah, I know there's no blood. Yeah, I know you don't see organs or anything like that. But some of the ways they go about it, it was just like like when he, when they're trying to pull like the mask off the one like it's, the mask is really good. And it pulls off. It's like the head, yeah. and they've realized right there. And like it stops trying to be. It stops being. They're doing a little bit of a hot potato thing for a second, so it's a little funny. But then like it becomes like, dude, let's just get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I like about it, is like it still does have like that violence and everything like that. And I feel like your brain kind of fills in like the gore for like you know what needs to be you know sensitive to keep it at like a PG level. But like when you see it, you're like that's that's legitimately like Fred just ripped his zombie's head off. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not me being like, man, why is a Scooby Doo movie so soft? I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm just surprised it went as hard as it did. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's especially I mean, by now, it's not like you know anything. that's too crazy. Before we were used to at the time and what Scooby Doo was before this. Like, I think this is probably how you kind of get to more like that that DC comic uh, Scooby Doo Apocalypse or other things to that effect as it goes on. You know. Yeah, well, that was kind of the cool thing about that era of comics when uh, DC for a moment was like, let's bring back all the Hanna-Barbera stuff. But like, we know that our audience who's into this is, you know, like 30 and above. So we'll just keep it at that about level. And um, it's kind of funny because like on Scooby-Doo stuff, like this one here still almost like is kind of the, the as far as animated stuff goes, it kind of is the most adult one kind of around because the next couple of movies past it kind of kept that, but once the 2000s kind of came in, they started kind of going back a little bit more to not 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 too much, but just tone back. They go kind of more Scooby Doo, where are you? Like level. Well, um, I don't know if we're gonna ever. We're not gonna. I don't, I don't think we're gonna do it for this year, so we can probably talk about it a little bit. But I'm noticing the parallels. I remember the second movie more than this one, but um, the parallels of kind of like the person they're working with the whole time. Mm-hmm. That was something that actually caught me off guard with the second movie with the witch's ghost or whatever. Cause the whole time just like, Oh yeah. Like they, they come across some philosopher guy and I think he has the hots for Velma or something to that effect. And they're, he, they're like, yeah, they keep on saying that my, you know, great, like great grandmother or whatever, my great, great, great grandmother or whatever was a witch when she wasn't I'm trying to like prove it to them. And then when they're trying to solve this mystery, there's like a witch going around like attacking people. And then it ends up being like, Oh, it is just some other asshole in a costume and you find out it's all the people in the village or or the town. It's like somewhere in Salem or some Salem like town Mm -hmm. doing this shit. And then they get across the book and then like, okay, cool. All right. Yeah. So we solved the mystery. It was just a bunch of assholes trying to like keep rumors going and we got the book. He says, all right, yeah, we got the book by the way. I fucking lied. See this thing. This is some evil dead shit my great 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 grandma was a witch fuck you you know like flips it open and then like evil dead shit starts to happen so i was just so i'm like oh that, that kind of now i'm thinking back that kind of they follow this kind of the same formula only they actually do for a minute do the scooby-doo thing you think they're gonna do but then it flips it on its side again you know yeah exactly that's that's the thing is like they, they were doing some good twists especially especially for back in the day like when you know you just weren't used to that nearly as much because you know even like the 80s scooby-doo stuff like reluctant werewolf and so on you knew straight off the bat like oh scooby-doo is gonna go you know transylvania practically you know he's gonna have all these like encounters with monsters and it just was kind of normal you know that they just like that kind of comes together there where like and this one does have like the twist same with like uh the witch's ghost and everything like that 
And I even like how there's there is a guy that like almost feels like he would twist into something, but he doesn't really. There's like the fuzzy lumpkins like guy who's out in the bayou, be like, I don't like them tourists coming around my yeah, Mark. Yeah, it's played by Mark Hamill, which is almost really funny. <laughs> you know, but just like there's that guy that you always I because I, I couldn't even remember when I watched it. I'm like, does that guy turn into a cat too? Like, oh no, 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 he doesn't. He's just trying to catch the big like catfish out there that always eludes him. He seems like someone who's come in with like a shotgun and just like you know blow one of the cat people. Like if this movie went on for like another twenty minutes and was rated R, like right, it's about to get caught or attacked. Like he comes with a shotgun, like I fucking hate pussy, you know, and just like blows a few of them away or something. <laughs> I'm away, pussy. Get that bayou you pussy out of here. He just got, got like a term for it all. They're one of them hot paper pussies. <laughs> all right, okay. He's got the gun. I'm not going to argue with him. Oh, they're they're one of them gray coat pussies. <laughs> Should we? Don't ask. Just just go. Just be happy he's on our side for now. Oh, you're one of them neckerchief pussies. Like, oh shit, Fred. He's looking at you. Yeah, ask out wearing pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and even does that, think... it, it does one of those things too where fred like when they're getting ready for dinner and whatnot and fred puts the ascot on and then it's like they do that one of those sometimes those are those kind of moments that like i'm always kind of iffy about but when they do them and stuff where they where he puts on it's like nah but at least doesn't do it like like where he like the throws it out like this was the stupidest idea ever he just says no not tonight in a sense where he doesn't have his original kind of look what also makes sense because they need that for the for the voodoo dull later. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's part of the story. It's not like here's this thing I'm super known for. And be like, why the fuck would you ever do that? You know, like yeah. oh, you mean the thing this the, the tagline or the, or the trademark thing this character or franchise is known for? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like like, like Johnny Depp and Lone Ranger, like oh, never again. Like like no. No, no, he, he, that's what he says. Don't you ever say what he can't say. Yeah, so it's like, like it, a Johnny it Depp brown facing it, anyways. What was that? Johnny Depp brown facing it. Yeah, brown facing it, telling him, like, dude, you should. Exactly, I, guess, like... I guess you could say it red facing it. That sounds kind of racist, though. <laughs> either either way, Don Johnny Depp going with a spray on tan. Yeah, so. you know, but, um, but yeah, but, but I will say at the same time, I, I do like the outfits that they have in this one. They do have kind of neat outfits that kind of work in a way where I, I guess it's that kind of thing where it does kind of mock. Because that's the thing is like Shaggy really has like a definitive look that like that that look, you know, it's, it's that weird one that like almost if you didn't know that character was from the 60s, I don't think there's really too much stuff that says like, man, that guy's screaming 60s. You know what I mean? He he really looks like Shaggy looks like he could have came out of the 80s. Like if he was at like some kind of alternative concert, he could have came out of the 90s at like a grunge rock show or punk rock even. 2000s, he fits it. Like, like that look is almost like very like timeless. He could kind of like just snap in anywhere. Um, I think Velma, um, Velma I think is still dressed the same. But I also see, because, you know, she's just like, She's happy just staying indoors, reading a book. She's not yeah. looking to go out and impress nobody. I mean, she could if she wanted to, but she doesn't need to. She's happy just being kind of like, you know, to herself. Where Fred and Vel- or Fred and um, Daphne yeah. seem like people that are like, well, we got to look trendy. We got meetings. We got to look. We got to look the part, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Well, and it's like one of those ones too. It's like really because Velma's costume actually is kind of like Fred's is the only one that you'd really say. Well, Fred and Daphne's are the only two costumes that really like that kind of says like, oh, that that does have that swing in sixties look to it, you know. Where even mm-hmm. Velma's doesn't really have that. That just kind of looks like she's wearing what she wearing. She's wearing a sweater and a miniskirt. I guess the miniskirt might be kind of that, but you know, beyond that, like that looks kind of like an outfit you could kind of see anywhere. I can see. I mean, well, I think now if you were to see Fred, I think it's the thing that makes. Fred, a likable character, is he's totally kind of like the the jock, but the the very lovable, very kind-hearted jock. And I think that's the thing about the group is there's such like a weird ragtag group. I mean, I, you, I, I see why Daphne and Fred are hanging out, but everyone else together, that combination, like maybe maybe Velma might buy some, maybe they, they all might buy weed from Shaggy or something like that. But beyond that, like they all don't seem like a group that all hang out together. And that's the thing that kind of, I think makes that whole dynamic stand out. Everybody has that character. They kind of relate to one way or the other. And I think, um, I think if you were to do Fred now, I mean, I like, I, I didn't see the Velma show. They apparently make him like the, the prissy rich entitled kid or something. Yeah, but just, that, that Velma show just sounds stupid. All around. I, I mean, I haven't watched it, but it just, to me, it feels it like look good. It it just well I don't like what the I don't like the way the animation looked that that a lot of times is what will turn me off from something is if the animation looks weird once again go, going back to like my 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 kidness like the animation looks off and weird I don't know if I like it the thing that kind of pushed me about it is it was doing that thing where it was very much doing the thing where we're we're making fun of uh, the original source material we don't really give a shit about it and it was apparently something where. Um, they originally had a concept for another show for like just a fucked up, like high school, like high school mystery show, but then like, no one's going to make it Scooby-Doo and that way I'll make it that way. We'll get people who give, give a shit about it. So that was kind of the thing. Maybe like, well, I don't care, but, um, you, you, since you mentioned that, like it goes with another show thing, apparently this Scooby-Doo one was originally, it was a SWAT cats episode that they had laying around that they just reconverted it around to make it into the, I mean, it probably changed more than like, it wasn't just like How the, fuck? the SWAT cats. Like, all right, man, we're just going to fly our jet over to new Orleans. What zombies? I mean, that that's a big fucking step. <laughs> I mean, SWAT, SWAT cats is one of those shows that was like, it was also one of those shows that was pretty dark and pretty violent for the time. But at the, I don't, I, New Orleans SWAT cats. To, okay, yeah, sorry. yeah. I felt like I wanted more context on that too. Like that's that's all. It was just one of those like tidbit things where it's just like, oh, by the way, you know, you know, Timmy over there's here has people in it. But I mean, yeah, there's yeah cats. I, I I think it was one of those ones where they like it sounded like almost like just in the brief thing it said is like that maybe they landed on an island and there was these people that tra- transformed into monster kind of thing. Like you know, probably like the basis of it might have been something of that kind of type. And then they added more Scooby-Doo this, made it more horror, made, you know, I don't know. A writer. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's still a, like a weird one. I guess it'd be even weirder if it was like, well, it was a Space Ghost episode that <laughs> they decided well, to convert, convert into a Scooby-Doo one. Tears of the Sun was originally going to be a diehard movie somehow, um, which helped, which it's like the super intense like war film set in Africa, I think. And it's just like, what the, how, what was, John McClane doing in fucking Africa, you know? So it's like, so, you know, but like, um, I was going to say, oh, go speaking of diehard factoids, you know, there's actually an original diehard movie and it's a Frank Sinatra film. 
Yeah, well, it's because Die Hard was based on on a, on a book or whatever. Well, the second Die Hard, the second Die Hard is based on a it, Die Hard itself is based on the second book on a book series of this character. I don't think it's called John McClane, but basically yeah. the Frank Sinatra thing. And it just, I think it, the thing it has in common with is it's in a tower on Christmas. I think that's what it has in common with it. I really don't know what, like, and it follows the similar beats. I'm, I'm kind of curious to read that. Because well, I, yeah. I read, yeah. Yeah, I heard that thing too. And I was just, I was like, well, that's just an interesting factoid. Just to like with it. Because I like also too, is that they were originally considering like, we're going to get Frank to come back to do a sequel to, I can't remember what his movie was. It has like a real like, basic action movie name but you're like we're gonna get him back but just i just pictured the day i think like old frank sinatra just like in the exact same things that bruce willis is doing in that movie coming in like shirtless like god damn it let me just all fucking like all just like waddling out like fucking no shoes on the gun taped to his back like can't even reach his fucking back like god damn <laughs> like i almost want to see the old frank sinatra do that like exact same movie he has to do everything the same way that bruce willis did but instead it's frank sinatra <laughs> <laughs> has like a fucking wife in her like late 30s and he's still like god damn it woman i'm a fucking cop like jeez frank you don't have to go that hard that's how we did it in my day Oh, yeah. Interesting kind of character change. Actually, speaking of another one, going back to Scooby-Doo, is something that's kind of neat, neat, I will say, in some of like the later-day Scooby-Doo movies, though, what I kind of like what they do with Fred is because really, like, Fred, like, in the 60s version, is he is, like, the cool cool guy jock, you know, like, everything about that time period, he is. But they kind of do it, with, like, as it goes on, I like how they make him more almost like the almost like the golden boy scout guy. Cause it's like, it's in the kiss uh, movie with Scooby-Doo. It's like Daphne's really into kiss. I think Velma is too. And everybody else. And, and Fred just has that like, Oh, come on guys. Like what about like this, you know, surf rock band? That's, that's really where the real tunes are at. Like, so he has like this, like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it's like, whatever it is. He says, it's like hilarious. It's just the it's way a rousing he, he just... show. The, the encore went until eight 30 at night. And we all like calmly got in our cars and drove home like that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like pretty much like that. And I just, I like that. I think that's the sort of the way they go about. It. They make him kind of like almost feel like the older soul character in the long run. That, that makes sense for Fred. I think that you know if you do him today, like, and I kind of got, I kind of derailed us there for a minute, but like, I think that Fred, like, you could still make him like the, you know, like the the jock, but he's also kind of like a good guy because I think that I, I think that. um younger generation it's it's a little bit more spread out it's not like you're one of these things you know what i mean you know so i think that you probably could like make if you were to do fred again you probably still even could fit in the ascot but it wouldn't be that it'd be like a bandana it'd be kind of like a hipstery type thing or something like that maybe even i don't know yeah sometimes i'll wear an ascot just because fred wears it because i'm like that's cool nobody else fred does it, it. <laughs> yeah christopher walken wears one in uh seven uh, psychopaths seven psychopaths as well too you know he's, he's got a reason to wear it <laughs> And he just gives it to Woody Harrelson. He has a big slash. He's like, take it. He's like the fucking star. <laughs> Don't fucking cravat, man. I feel it's like well, those ones. I'm like, you never see anybody wear an ascot anymore. So, if, so it feels kind of cool to wear one because then people also kind of look at you too. Almost, and we're like, oh, that's different. 
I, I don't know because most people don't even know what the word is to tell you the truth. They just, they just know that something's different there. Is, is he trying to be a cowboy? Is that no? It's it's, it's rolled up differently. How it's tucked in, like it's one of those things. Like it's how it's like it could look like. I think that if if you wear it to the point where it's around your neck and puff the way Christopher Walken was, you have to be a certain age, or you have to be like you really have to pull it off. Christopher Walken pulled it off. Yeah, Christopher Walken. But that is really hard to do. If you wear kind of like a bandana, well, I mean, that could be hard too, but I think it's kind of easier depending on how you look, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's like you, you got to do it because you, you can't have it with like where it looks like you got the bandana on backwards. Like, you know, like you're going to spin this around when you need to rob the place. But um, it's like that thing. Like you, you got to get it kind of right where it does have that ascot kind of look. But it works well if you got like the right like button up T-shirt and everything like that. If you want to have like old school, like 60s class look. <laughs> Just going to the Beach Boys reunion concert later. Yeah, yeah, one of one of those ones. Go get my surf rock on. Um, no, like I, I think that yeah, that's a hard. I just think of the line and like Jay and Slump Bob strike back. Like the only mystery here is why we take our cues from a dick and a neck chiff. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's almost one of the best like live action Scooby Doo moments. Well, apparently, I think Freddie. They try to get Freddie Prince Jr. They try to get like all those all the cast members from live action one to come in and do those parts. We're like, dude, we can get fired if yeah. you come in and do your R rated like fucked up version of this. Well, it's funny too because like Matthew Lillard, which is kind of cool, is that he still plays Shaggy to this day. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he literally has done the voice of Shaggy for like the last twenty plus years ever since that movie. I- I think Scoob, which I didn't even see Scoob, but I think Scoob is the first one where he hasn't voiced Shaggy and like however, like yeah, in years I think. Well, and Scoob's other than the new show, yeah, because I I saw Scoob and you know as well as ones like okay CG I'll, I'll give it a go and whatnot like that and, and I'll say it does have some interesting stuff going with it. It's definitely trying to do the. The Hanna Barbera. It was like trying to go for like the Hanna Barbera, like in a sense, Avengers Justice League kind of feel. Where like we're gonna cross universes here and so on, which was kind of cool if you like some of that Hanna Barbera stuff. One thing I just didn't like about it is like they made Shaggy out like he was just like some whiny little bitch that like had no friends and whatnot. And when Scooby Doo got popular and became like a celebrity, you know, Shaggy's doing that thing like "fuck you, man!" Like you think you're better than me? Like you're my only friend that got and you just leave me like that? Like I got nowhere to go. I'm like, dude, that's not Shaggy. You're a, you're a fucking pussy, Shaggy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, dude, to me, Shaggy feels like he's that guy that, like, like if Shaggy's in school, he's the dude who could walk to anybody's group, and he's, like, best buds with everybody. That That's who Shaggy is. He's not the loner, like, try, doesn't have a friend, makes a friend of a dog that talks. Like, no, that's not... No, that, that was... I remember that part just, like... And, like, it sat with me. I'm like, that bothered me so much. I'm like... Sometimes it's that thing. It's like... I hate when people sometimes get cute and they think they're going to put like a twist on like, no, 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 this show has been around longer than you probably been alive. Do not think that you can put some special little twist in there to try to put your own, you know, problems that you had growing up in. Shaggy's not your like, you know, avatar character to release that on. Like, you know, he's, he's the, that's who Shaggy is. He reminds me, he's just the cool guy that like, everybody's like, dude, that guy's awesome. What's he do? I don't know, but dude, he's an awesome fella. The nicest guy ever, you know? I wouldn't hire him to work, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, e- even going back to the the, the movie, to, to the, them getting the job at like TSA for a second. Like, if you think about it, like, oh, wait, 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 who, who are you hiring? 
oh shit, these guys are like, these guys are famous. They went all over the whole country, like solving like mysteries and shit. These guys want to work in the TSA. Oh, this is going to be so fun. Yes. Get those guys without realizing like, oh no, these are the guys that kind of like stumble into winning. It's everyone else who actually does the real work. Yeah, exactly. They're just the mascot characters. Yeah. Some like Shaggy never drives. He can he, he's never Shaggy's never good enough to drive. Come on. What the fuck? Oh, he, literally, he gets the he gets the van stuck in the mud and in, in Zombie Island. <laughs> when they're out there just eating crawfish like it's going out of style. Yeah. They're, just, they're having their own personal like crawfish genocide in the back of the van. Well, they have like a crawfish holocaust, and then they're just like God. They're just they're gonna have such violent shits between all like the Carolina Reapers. Carolina Reapers are eating and buying with all the crawfish, just violent at you know like, like gumbo and all that stuff. You know, yeah. though, though I picture Shaggy and Scooby must have the most iron. Like their their, their stomach has like evolved past everybody else's. Well, there's that part where they just suddenly like they get through all the food like hey man we saved you a gorgonzola if you want they're just like fucking like beach balls <laughs> and then i love because your dad this looks he's like you guys are a couple of gorgonzolas <laughs> my dad like like in a barbaric called him like hey jim you want to roll by for like we're like a scooby-doo cartoon like oh yeah i guess you know well we're, we're, we're gonna get our japanese studio to motion capture you for the animation <laughs> <laughs> he just grunts all right <laughs> that means yes i i also gotta say is i love the name of the japanese company that animated this thing because this apparently was like one of the first times that they kind of had a big japanese company that did it which this japanese company also did uh real adventures johnny quest swat cats and a couple other of those like 90s Hanna Barbera stuff but their company name is mook which just feels like some guy in new jersey named that for him <laughs> we said to have ah, a bunch of mooks over on the other side of the pond. <laughs> it, 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 it's not the first, like, it probably means something else. Off, like, in Japan, it's probably one of those ones where it meant something else. <laughs> but just over here, it just feels like, ah, one of the mooks over there. Huh? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, they, they, what do they do with street sharks? Yeah, sounds about right. It's a line of, it's a, it's a, it's a line of endearment. That's what it means. Okay. <laughs> In Japanese. <laughs> it's actually technically, they did a lot of cool stuff though. I mean, like they, they pretty much like, they did like, do you remember like the nineties and two thousands? Well, guess what? We did all kinds of stuff. The men in black show, X-Men evolution, spawn, you know, um, <laughs> then even other weird ones like biker mice from bars, Jeez. Beverly Hills teens. He was like the wish kid. Like, Oh fuck. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, and they also did a stripperella. Stripperella, you know, paycheck's a paycheck. I feel like that's one stands like you're know, like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I I always want to be Hugh Hefner. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. <laughs> I then like I mean granted, I mean he had a hand and there there's 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 like people question how much Stan really contributed cuz a lot of his best a lot of his most long-lasting characters is when he was working with like Steve Dicko or Jack Kirby, like the ones that really stood the test of time. So people sometimes wonder. So I'm just wondering when, when, when there is no Steve Dicko or, or Jack Kirby, do you just get like, uh, yeah, so she's got fat titties. And... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Pam, throw, throw, throw your ideas in too. You're a creative person, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> 
like I mean, I'm not saying he didn't do anything at all. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not a. But uh, at the exact same time, though, I'm just like it's just kind of funny. Plus, when you're that old, like you know what, my name is on like you know what, true believers, I, my name's like nearly everything Marvel. So fuck you, I'm gonna make what I want. I want to. I I made Spider Man to work up to Stripperella, all right? When I first walked in and, like, worked on my first issue of Captain America and worked on my first issue of Fantastic Four, I was thinking, oh, it's only a matter of time before I make my fucking fat titty superhero. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was it's like, when you're 80 years old, I feel like, yeah, fucking hey, do what, do what you want, like. I told Jack, God damn it, like, Jack, God damn it, make Sue Storm's tits fucking huge. And then, then like, fucking comic book codes come in like you sons of bitches all right fine 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 one day though they get a call from spike tv i'm like yeah stand a man here (laughs) i'm hard and ready to go i got some fucking ideas (laughs) literally i got three hands the right how do you think i turned out all those like marvel comics back in the 60s Stand the man three hand. No, I got a show. And go between and go right between Afro Samurai and your uh like right wing animated sitcom that comes on at nine. Okay? I got, I got the perfect thing for it. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Kids are gonna be into it. Adults are gonna be into it. Everybody's gonna love it. Who doesn't love tits? <laughs> Lesbians love tits. <laughs> I know Jack Kirby would come out of the grave to come do this show again. Believe me. Believe me. Actually, he says he really hates you, and he's sick and tired of you trying to include him and stuff. Well, yes. He said, if if you bring up that stripperella one more fucking time, (laughs) (laughs) he's going to burn all his original artwork, you know, and take it down with him. Oh, well, I'm doing it. I got copies. I took it. I took it all from him. See that—that's that, the thing, true believer. You think that you think that Jack has the original copies? Nah, uh, uh. Stan the man's got the copies. <laughs> Jack has the Xeroxes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, Mook. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> as Mook was you know finished up their animation they also put together a bunch of the good Scooby-Doo stuff because they literally did that one they did Witch's Ghost they did like the Alien Invaders and the Cyber Chase and then that was it oh they did uh, I never so, I, so, oh, so I they did four I didn't see I didn't see past the second one I got up to the second one there's the Aliens one and there's I guess I guess it's one of those things like I guess it's pre it's pre creepypasta but I never thought I found creepypasta scary because but like it's hard. I find when you try to like, it's scary and it's the internet or it's a haunted game cartridge. Like I always have trouble like dot hack know. stuff. Like I, I always find well even like not, like even like dot hack like that's not even. I mean I guess it has elements of horror, but I guess I'm thinking of like whenever they try to bring in. Like I, I actually I can remember I remember seeing an ad for the cyberspace ghost thing, and I guess. Really, internet's everywhere, so maybe there is a way to do it. But whenever they try to build like a horror story around like the internet's haunted, whatever the fuck, you know, I just can't, I just can't take it. Like, sure, okay. Well, keep it's in mind hard. that 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 one came out Y two K two thousand. So oh, like, so it, it, so it's it, some it, shit, like it, it makes like logical sense why they chose that then. You know, 
oh, like, Zoic man, he's going to set off all the fucking nukes. Like, that kind of, like, that, like, Y2K fear they had. Like, maybe that case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so I, I feel like that's what they were running with on that one there. It's actually mind-blowing how many Scooby-Doo movies there is. I think they, okay, for every DCU movie that comes out, they probably make, like, two Scooby-Doo ones, it seems like. Well, they probably have like a head start on them because they, 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 they never stopped making them. Maybe there have been breaks for them because I remember just seeing them like in stores, like on shelves or whatever, just of whatever new. Like, plus, there's that point where they weren't even, I mean, yeah, sure, a kid could probably watch it, but they would just like, you know what, people feeling nostalgic, people in their like 20s and 30s who grew up on Cartoon Network are feeling nostalgic. So, okay, Scooby-Doo meet Kiss. Okay, Scooby-Doo meet, I think there's another metal one. Maybe There's definitely a Scooby-Doo WWE one. Yeah, there's <laughs> like Scooby-Doo WWE ones, which those ones are cool if you like wrestling. There's the Scooby-Doo, there's actually the one that it's kind of the dark one. There's a Scooby-Doo meet Supernatural. Oh, really? Okay. So, so they did one of those. I mean, that makes ones sense. That, I mean, I, I never watched Supernatural. Yeah, I, I never did either. So like, like it didn't. But I think Laura watched that. And she said it was actually quite darker too. I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, so they, it, it it was more almost in line of Supernatural than it was in like Scooby Doo tone. I guess you would say. Like, it, and I think it came out like differently. Like it it came out almost like an episode of Supernatural or so, somewhere else. It wasn't like it came in the kids section. You know. Kind of like Batman did, the Killing Joke, like right there. In life. I was just about to say, like, what if they did like something kind of like they did like another like, okay, Batman and Scooby Doo again, but it's not like the Adam Westy type shit or the Brave and the Bold Scooby Doo. It's like more like, um, it's more like the Killing Joke. Like, oh shit, man, she got shot in the fucking spine. You know, like, like, well, well, what kind of crazy spook are we going after today, Batman? Going after a man called the Flamingo. He cut. It's the faces off woman and eats them raw. Like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. It's like, like you're just kind of like, you know, just like one of those villains that like, oh yeah, that wasn't in 66, was it? Yeah, Scooby-Doo meets Professor Pig, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing like Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Yeah, no, it, but it's, it's actually kind of just mind-blowing. Like, I think there, I, I, I will say that probably since Zombie Island, there's at least over 50 plus Scooby-Doo movies that have come out. So, like, it's like, they, they just pump them out. Like, I mean, like, and granted, it's like, I mean, there's got to be somebody out there that the Scooby-Doo, I mean, later on, I love Scooby-Doo, but, like, there's got to be somebody out there that, like, that's their main jam. You know I mean? Scooby-Doo to them is, like, what Star Wars is and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that is to other people. There's got to be somebody out there that, that, that they live and breathe that, like, it's Ninja Turtles or something, you know? Well, I, th- I think it's always just, like, like you said, like, it's kind of timeless in some ways. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some things very bad that are bad that are very sixties, but there's always going to be kind of like, there's so many versions of it that I think you just pull it on for kids and you get used to it. It's, it's like Ninja Turtles in that way, like Ninja Turtles or Marvel. Mario has been fairly consistent. It's been changed, but I think there's always something that a kid can jump onto and hold on to some version of it, you know? Yeah, I, always think, I, I think when it comes to things that kind of like you can kind of go back to and enjoy, I think sometimes video games, like it's easier, I think, to still kind of like a a childish looking video game, like, say, Mario Brothers or something, because it's more interactive, where mm-hmm. story wise, it's a little harder to pull off. But I think if you can kind of keep up with the audience in some way and age with the audience in some way that can like, um, yeah, have more longevity. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's kind of like the case too, you know. And it, I think it's like, Mario and Sonic shit behind him, you know. But yeah. yeah, 
But um, it is one of those ones that's like with Scooby-Doo. It's like, you know, like, you know, you, you could probably pick up just about any random one you saw at the store. And they're all like decent enough. You know what I mean? Some better than others, of course, <laughs> you know, but um, like they're still always fun. You know, it's got the Scooby-Doo-ness that you always like about it and so on like that. You know, it's just like the way that, and you know, the other show that was actually really good too was the, I think it's What's New Scooby-Doo, the one that came out in 2000s, kind of in that like really good era of cartoons as well as that 2000 section. It's kind of like the forgotten part, but that's where like, you know, just like the TMNT one, just like, you know, X-Men Evolution. It's like there, there was, there was a good run of cartoons throughout that era as well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like the last era of like good animation because the animation just starts to peter off, you know, as the late 2000s comes on. I wouldn't say animation's petered off. Like I think animation Oh, I was going to say really it, it, it's less the hand-drawn stuff becomes more and more stuff that people start getting cheap animation and Oh, gotcha. You know, like very very computer-looking animation, like that kind of stuff. Like for example, it's like when you watch Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, like god, the animation and the backgrounds and everything like that, they're like you just, it's like one of those ones where you look at it and go, you just literally do not get quality like this anymore. You know, there's some shows that I see that pop on like TV, like not anything that I'd watch, but just ramps up and go, dude, I feel like we've been working way too hard our whole lives. That's all you have to do. Like that animation is just like a joke almost. I think you can find, it probably depends on the production and all that, of course, but at the exact same time, I know what you mean where it wasn't as like, and I guess this probably got a little extra since it was like a one movie, but I haven't seen the 2000. The, the what's new Scooby-Doo. I haven't seen that, so I can't really speak on that one. That one's but, really good. But I know that there is that period kind of like, um, I, I don't think, um, like I, I think from, I mean, it, like it's going to fluctuate like anything, but I, I guess like, I'm trying to think, I feel like most animated stuff for kids this day and age probably doesn't really have, probably has more of an anime. If it, if it's not like, if it's not something that's made to be immediately funny, it probably has more of a anime vibe and more of an anime feel to it than say something like a Johnny quest or Scooby-Doo for that matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's like what they sort of have is it, it's more like it's got like sort of like South park animation in a sense, but it's not South park. I think that's the thing. It looks even cheaper than South park in a weird way. Like, Oh, I mean South- like something, I mean like something if it's like a, and like, like not 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 a comedy one, like more of an action focused yeah. one. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not talking about anime or anything like that. I'm just kind of yeah. talking about like cartoon, cartoon type stuff. That if you flipped on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon, you know, today, and you just sort of saw the general like kids programming, not like teens and above, but like that kind of level. I feel, yeah. I'm not saying there's not. There's probably some good ones out there too. I'm not, I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying like some of them you could just kind of flip through and you just go, holy crap, that that's all it takes to make. Jesus, like these kids shows are just so like, that's like the, that's where the gold mine really is. I think it's almost like nobody wants to do kids and stuff, but it's like, no, 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 you do, you do far less work. It doesn't have to be coherent. It's like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, well, just don't just swear or with, fuck. Yeah, now it's basically just keeping up with meme humor today. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of, just what I've seen of like, cause I, I don't, I, I mean, granted, this goes back like fucking over five years ago, but back when, um, I was still kind of like back when I like lived in the same county as my nephews, they would always have like, you know, like Cartoon Network on. It was always kind of like Teen Titans Go type humor and just Mm -hmm. very like rapid fast. And Teen Titans Go had some good jokes in it, but it was always that very kind of like very meme kind of like breakneck fast paced humor. And I'm sure there's the ones that have more thought. Like I remember actually, I actually 
watched Gravity Falls when Disney Plus, because everyone's been talking so much about that show. It's like, okay, this show is pretty good and pretty funny, but it has a kind of some of that design of what you're talking about, not that animation, but that kind of design. So, but there is a lot of that kind of just that, just got to get their attention, be loud, be fast, you know? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, I guess cartoons have always been so. I mean, shit, Scooby Doo's probably loud for the '60s. You're like, there's, they're always screaming and running and eating. You're like, I don't know what's going on in this thing. <laughs> I mean, we're saying that shit now, but I guess there's also that thing of like, that's kind of, I mean, different type of animation and different. Like, is it really for kids? But something like Rocco's Modern Life, or mm. like, or like Ren and Stimpy, even you know. Yeah. So, well, they, like, those always feel that one with like we can fit. We we know who our actual target audience is, but it's going to get slid in between, you know, kids programming. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Rocco's Modern Life feels like something that was more of like like Ren and Stimpy blatantly was not for kids, and that was like a dude's vision, and he's making, and he was like a huge animation buff, and he just makes us crazy grotesque thing it's really not for kids but fuck it we, we made it this far and where attitude era <laughs> you yeah, get away with it then where Rocco's modern life feels like something that was not intended for children like he originally like had an idea for like comedy before comedy central was a thing he's like well, where else can i take this you know so you know i right, just tone back on this tone back on that sure okay yeah, yeah sure yeah. I have an episode where he falls right between like a giant like frog lady's tits and says, you have comfortable breasts, ma'am. Yeah, sure, throw it in there. Fuck it. <laughs> it's, it's okay. You know, but um, but yeah, this, I, I always love going back to, you know, the, this era of animation. There's so much neat stuff here to have. And th- this movie, this movie is just so good. I know we kind of got distracted on it, but like Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is just like, it's like solid from beginning to end. There's no lull in it. It's like the right length. It's, you know, what was it, like 75 minutes, but it still actually feels like a good hour and a half. You know, just because it's animation, I think more stuff gets accomplished in that shorter time. Um, the characters are just done perfectly right. Like, it's it, to me, I think it's the pinnacle Scooby Doo movie ever made. I think from what I've seen, it's the best Scooby Doo movie. I, I agree. I think when, um, if you have, if someone says, like, show me the best Scooby Doo thing, and it got in my head, I just immediately just go to this probably. Yeah, because I feel if if they were not going to like this one, they don't even bother with any other Scooby Doo thing, you know. By the, you've you've lost them here, you know. I mean, don't be wrong. That's like you know, I'm very like nostalgic for something like the Reluctant Werewolf, but I, I know for a fact that that one's not nearly as you know the caliber that this one is. It's '80s animation, you know. It's a different time. Well, it's also something the effect of this gives you all the things you think of when you think of Scooby Doo. Then it gives you that little extra added bonus of oh yeah, the shit is real. And then on top of that, it also gets a little heavier and darker than you expect it to. Exactly. Yeah. It's just to me, it's just the perfect Scooby Doo recipe. It's like I almost kind of wish more things stuck to this because, as I said, they they kind of jump sh- on some of like the later day movie stuff. They sort of jump ship on that kind of style and went back to like, oh no, no, let's make it like literally like we're making brand new episodes of the '68 show. Which don't get me wrong, it's fine for then, but it's just like I I like it when the stuff's real. I think that that's what mm-hmm. adds the extra level to Scooby Doo. But um, but yeah, good stuff there. You know, we'll you know carry on with some more kind of fun horror movie type stuff going along with this. So I think Scooby Doo is a good starting place that, that, that gets you pumped and ready for it. And then uh, we'll pull out some other stuff and see what we find that piques our interest. But till then, you can go to oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys, Pizza Boys and Jitsu Sunrise Part Two out right now. 
all our old animations, videos, what have yous. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks.